You were the chosen one. It was said that you would destroy this sin, not join them. My master could never be as vile as you. Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed him. Then I will avenge his death. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. The Shattered Order Podcast proudly presents Chosen Ones. Hello everybody and welcome to the 275th episode of the Shattered Order Podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Wink. Wink, what's going on? Dude, what's going on? It is uh, very exciting to be here tonight, talking, not Swaga, but talking some Star Wars. I'm pretty pumped. Um, but yeah, how's how's your week going, dude? Uh, you know, pretty good, pretty good. I have, uh, <laughs> trying to get into that post-holiday, uh groove now mm, that's no kidding so my wife the sultry female just started back at work this week so we've been kind of trying to figure out a schedule with a little one you know because she has to go to work way earlier than i do so i end up taking the baby over to her parents house so they can watch her and then she goes and picks her up after work so we've been trying to get in the groove of all that sort of stuff and uh we're getting there but um yeah yeah it's a little bit different when you're both working and you have a baby <laughs> yeah for sure uh joy didn't start working till the triplets were like years old so it worked out a little oh, yeah. okay there but let me just tell you having to find someone to cover cover to watch three babies at once. Oh, not I, fun. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, we're we're pretty lucky we only have one, and that we have uh, that her parents. Well, her dad just retired, and her mom does like homeschool tutoring type stuff. So they have semi flexible schedules. Yeah, that works out. That'll work out good. Perfect. Yes. yes. So. Um. So. I am, I gotta say, I'm pretty pumped because it's been a while since we talked Star Wars shows. I really haven't watched any Star Wars in quite a while, it seems like. Uh, I haven't haven't watched Bad Batch yet. I also have not started Rebels or, which which one are you supposed to watch first? Is it Rebels or? Clone Wars. Clone Wars, okay. So, I'm about to start one of those. Um. I believe Quoth has given me good advice on how to watch them. And um, I think we are about to get a treadmill. Um, because we get 5.30 in the morning. I don't leave my house till 7.45. I'm on baby duty. And I obviously can't go outside and run. So I think we're about to get a treadmill. And um, I'm going to set it up so I can... Maybe start knocking out an episode each morning whenever, whenever I hit the cardio. So, uh, big deal says be aware the episodes are out of order at first. I think what quote yes. gave Wink was the 
the episodes in order, actually, right? Well, no. He gave me the advice of watching it while doing cardio. <laughs> oh. Nice. Uh, I think he said he used to, like, jump on the Peloton and knock out episodes that way. So, um, so that's, that's going to be my plan. That should work pretty well for me. Um, yeah, as for how I'm going to watch them, I'm not sure. Uh, I've seen different suggestions on chronological or episodical, and I do not know. Um, I'll probably just go episodical because it's easier to keep up with, so... Big Deal makes a good point. You'll finally know what a Hondo is. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, very curious to find out what a Hondo is. Um, I actually finished something Star Wars media related this week, which is kind of exciting. Book? I did. I finished the second uh, adult High Republic book. Nice. How was it? Oh, so freaking good. And I was like thinking to myself, oh, man, I can't wait for the third one to come out because there's it's supposed to be a trilogy. And I'm looking it up right now. And The Fallen Star, which is the third adult book, came out on January 4th. So good yes. to go. I saw that. So I got all those books in audio and I had that one pre-ordered. And I noticed the other day it said your pre-order is available. And... I've also been doing Star Wars audiobooks. I knocked out the uh, book two of the Thrawn series. So I am currently on book three of... Uh, God, whatever the new trilogy is. The the one that came out. Th- this year's been so crazy for me. I didn't even realize that those books had come out. Um, I'd kind of been on top of things. But I don't recall actually knowing that I had those books available. Granted, one of them... Came, I think the second one came out... Uh, earlier this year when I was mostly June. occupied. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's probably why I didn't notice. But, yeah, either way. Um, well, when you get to him, you'll really like it because the same dude that reads the Thrawn books is the one that reads the Mark Thompson. books. That dude yes. is Mark, a Mark Thompson is amazing. He's great. He is fantastic. Holy cow. Like... I mean, I prefer audiobooks anyway because I can be doing other things while listening to a book. But even if I wasn't, I would want to listen to those books because of the way he reads them. They're so good. Yeah, he does awesome. Like I read when I went and read the like young adult book uh, earlier. I read that between the two adult books, and it's not Mark Thompson. That was tough. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. I can and imagine. I actually started today. They have a audio only book called Tempest Runner, which they got a full cast to play the characters of this audio book. It's huh. only six hours long, but it's a full cast, and it's it's like sounds like you're listening to a movie. It's I'm about an hour into the six hours, and it's so good. That so sounds really cool. Yeah, I think like the the only way you can get this book is through an audio version. So, yeah, pretty cool. It's like a theatrical thing. Very interesting. I like it. But, anyways, we're here to talk about the book of Boba. We which, are. You know, we waited an entire year for, and here it is. So, Yes, and we're going to cover all the important questions, like has it lived up to the hype? And uh, 
Who knows? I'll be curious if we have differing opinions. There's been so much. I have not gotten in our Discord yet. We have an entire channel for that. Discord.me slash Shattered Order. If you're not in there already. Uh, But we've got a section in there for the Book of Boba. And there have been a ton of posts and stuff in there. But I have not actually kept up with any of them. So... I I'm usually a, a couple days behind on the uh I'm usually a couple days behind on the episode cuz I watch it with my wife and I can't watch it on Tuesday night at midnight at work so I watched it this morning is when I got to see episode 2 so I haven't gone in to see what act people actually said about episode 2 but we'll see nice. I I just watched I could, both I of could them give you my guess. like three hours ago because I have not had time until today. Um, so uh, I, I knocked them both out today back to back. I'm pretty pumped to talk about them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I wanted to start off with Rotten Tomatoes because we've done that the past two shows. Okay. Chosen Ones. We talked about Rogue One and we talked about Solo. I want to... I want to talk about what's going on so far for Book of Boba after two episodes. Um, six critic ratings they've got up for Book of Boba with a 93% uh, critic rating. Surprisingly, the critic rating is actually higher than the audience score. 723 user ratings at 75%. Now, really? This is for the overall show. So those 723 people have put in their vote on based on two episodes. So... You know, maybe they'll go back and change their vote after the fact. Who knows? But huh. right now, they're sitting at 75%. That's um, kind of crazy. All right. Now, you can go in and get critic scores of the episodes, which is kind of crazy. There's an 83% on episode one after 53 ratings. And there is a 100% rating after 12 ratings on, a, on chapter two. Interesting. So, you know. Very so, high rating for episode two. All right. That's good to hear. And, of course, um, the official creators of this show are, of course, John Favreau and Dave Floney. So the expectations are, of course, sky high because everything that these dudes touch with Star Wars just turns into absolute gold. Um yeah, I agree. And touching off what, you know, well, let's jumping right into it. All right. <clears throat> Based on, because we're talking reviews, right? <clears throat> Joker says, I can understand, or he can understand the reviews because it's been a slow opening. You know what? I feel, I feel that. And I will say this. I, I think that there, there's a reason for that. And I think that there's something building there in... I honestly have to think. So if you don't know the structure of the show in the first two episodes, there's the current timeline and there's a past timeline. And they're taking up about half the show with each of them. And I have to think that eventually something that happens in the past has a massive influence on the present that we don't know about yet, which is why they're building it up so much. And this sort of storytelling, like it, does feel weird on an episode by episode basis in a way but over a season whenever you look at the entire 
like a season of a show that does this type of storytelling with the flashback and it flows together and really hits when it's supposed to in the season I think is fantastic. I'm actually a really big fan of this being done effectively. Now, when it's not done effectively, it's hell. It's absolute hell. And (laughs) I have the utmost faith (laughs) in Filoni and Favreau, so I'm not worried about it at all. I'm just really enjoying it at the moment. Um, it's, it's, It's compelling because... We have these two different incidences. We have all of these questions about Boba. So we have the way that the last season finished off of The Mandalorian and kind of the way Boba's story arc is. He kind of comes into that show, you know, with these as more of a hand combatant whenever we kind of first see him. You know, he's able to wield a you know, a hand weapon really well rather than the typical stuff that we're used to, which is, you know, rockets, cables, blasters, that sort of stuff. So he has a new skill set that we seem to know that he's acquired during his past time. Then also we have, um, you know, what we know about previously of him getting into the Sarlacc pit. So you have these two different... Uh, kind of really big questions that do need to be answered in the show about Boba. You need to know what happened between the Sarlacc pit and where he ran into the Mandalorian and Grogu. That's pretty crucial because of the skill set he acquires and all that sort of stuff. But then also further, we do want to see what kind of happens further into that. So uh, I... I really like the way they're doing this because they're answering several lines of questioning in what I think seems to be a pretty creative way. What do you it's think a, so far? It's a, it's a good thing he has that back to take so he can have his dreams. Right, exactly. <laughs> Very important. Very important to tie, tie into how this is happening timeline-wise. At least, like, to make it make sense as to why we're flashing back at that right. moment. But, you know, he says the dreams are back in the episode one. And so that just makes you wonder, like, what what dreams? A, we know what he's dreaming about. But, like, what specifically about those dreams? He Why does he keep having, having them, you know? Right. So... I don't know. I like it, and I I was just had a thought about um, Hayden Christensen playing in Kenobi. Ah. If you didn't think flashbacks, if you don't like the flashback style of Boba Fett, there's a pretty good chance that that's going to probably happen a lot in Kenobi. So you might end up getting it again. Uh, That's just an idea. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. So. Yeah, Hopefully that... it grows on you if it hasn't yet. And uh, we'll see if that's what actually happens in Kenobi. So. Right. And hopefully most of you are kind of in the same boat where you're happy with it if and when it all actually ties together. Um, yeah, for sure. Just because I, I want to know the answers to all these questions, but, you know, doing an episode or half the season 
uh, where you cover the stuff after, say, the Sarlacc pit and then move into what happens after the Mandalorian or doing it reverse, neither one of them really makes any sense. So given that our kind of effective current timeline is post-Grogu, I think the flashbacks are actually an extremely logical and obvious way to tell the story um i i really think it's the only way that it could be done effectively i agree so why don't we well why don't we get into some of the finer points of the first episode um i'd like to sh- throw this out there this covers both episodes by the way i love the music in mandalorian the music that yes. we had in the first two episodes of this so Always, good. and they, I, they I crush it with the music. I don't think it's John Williams. So I, I think I think the same guy's doing this that did Bandalorian, but I don't think it was John Williams. So whoever is filling in those massive shoes, um, it's not on the IMD page who's doing the music, unfortunately, because I'm pretty sure it's not. But yeah, whoever's doing it is doing an awesome job. Yeah, Lugwood Goringson. That is right. Because I found him. That's who I listened to the Mando soundtrack on Spotify. Good call, Joker. Thank you. Yes, of Ludwig course, Goringson. a great musician is named Ludwig. Yeah, right. He's, he just—he was destined from birth, uh, pretty much. Or he changed his name after. Yeah, true. It's like, a stage name. Exactly. Yeah, stage name. That's what I was looking for. Um, so totally agree there. Um, the other thing I like is this feel of the show so we have the music that does kind of make us think of mandalorian it's kind of in that same genre of music but also the storytelling feel the uh cinematography and all that sort of stuff also has that same sort of feel it's kind of god i i want to say kind of stripped down versus like the new trilogy of star wars um it's not overly overly complicated or anything it's it's all fairly simple appears fairly simple you know um you know what you're getting a lot of in mando is what? filters on the filters on the uh on the uh, footage yes every time he goes back into the back to tank You've got when it goes back to where he's dreaming. Right. You've got like this blue or a green. Or Looks like night brown vision. filter. Yeah, and then it kind of just clears itself up after about forty-five seconds, as if you're back. Right. You're entering a dream. You know, you got those sleepy eyes. You're dreaming, and then it all comes clear again. They do a lot. They've been doing a lot of that with it. Yeah. Pretty cool. Interesting. They start like the whole thing starts straight up with flashbacks he's just you go you see him in a back to tank and then he starts dreaming it doesn't start with where we ended with mandalorian it just goes here i'm in a back to tank and we're gonna have some flashbacks yep and fine by me because the first thing i see is one of the coolest planets in my opinion with camino and the rain and the freaking what do you even call that fire spray (laughs) and the fire spray flying around i refuse (laughs) <laughs> and then you got, uh, of course, uh, going through the PTSD theme here. Him right. holding his dad's helmet in the Geonosha Serena. I thought jumps... that was 
I thought that was actually really important because I think it's kind of sometimes easy to forget, you know, that in the prequels, we we did meet Boba. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think when everyone thinks of Boba, you think of, you know, the Sarlacc pit. Um, but kind of going back and seeing all the stuff that he did experience with Django. And just kind of getting a better idea of some of the stuff that Boba actually does understand and remembers, I think is probably pretty important. And that could be something that kind of, you know, filters out more as we move into the episodes. Well, for you, you, you'll get to see this once you start watching The Clone Wars. But you also, obviously they can't splice in a bunch of cartoon footage, but... Another big part of his story is him finding his way on his own as a bounty, becoming a bounty hunter, hanging out with Bosk and uh, what's her name? It's not Sam. Or Singh. So hanging out oh. with Bosk and Or Singh, growing up in the Clone Wars show and all the things he sees through that. Like there's so much Boba history that uh, can be pulled from. Obviously, they'd have to refilm stuff, but. It's so, but like you said, that was an important scene. And then to jump right into, here he is in the Sarlacc pit. What the movie Return of the Jedi came out in what year? Eighty-three. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, so we're almost forty years. I'm just doing my math. It's been a long time. It's uh, yeah, forty. Yeah, so almost 40 almost years. 50. Next year, 40 years. No, no, no. Almost. Is that 50? Almost 50. 83, 90, 2010. That'd be 40 years. Next year. Or, yeah, next year. Oh, wait. 83. Yeah, 83. Yeah. I was, why was I thinking 73? I don't know. Well, Idiot. A New Hope um, came out in 78, so. Oh, 78? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Uh, um,. But yeah, so 40 years later, almost 40 years later, you finally find out what happened with Boba Fett. Right. You know, they had all the legend stories about Boba Fett. Everyone thought he escaped the Sarlacc pit. And here we are, very beginning of the episode, telling the story of how he did. So, yeah, very. And it was quick. (laughs) Fire starter right off the hand, getting a little uh, air from a swallowed up. Stormtrooper, which I don't think was at, I don't think was in Return of the Jedi. So at some point, the Sarlacc ate a a, a stormtrooper. Yeah. On patrol. Well, and <laughs> like they mentioned, you know, as you slowly digest over a thousand years. Um, yeah. So not surprising. Uh, I think I was more surprised that there was actually oxygen left Air in the still. stormtroopers tank well, he but... wasn't breathing it he didn't need it well that's that's a good point and i assume it's a sealed <laughs> helmet so eh, fair maybe um uh, it was kind of cool seeing the inside of the sarlacc and seeing how kind of kind of how he escaped you know uh basically torching the thing and kind of blasting his way out um and managing to get out of there uh how cool obviously... was it when he did get out and Jabba's uh, yacht was laying in a pile of junk around the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, you're like, hey, there's the there's the yacht they destroyed. Yep, yeah, pretty pretty cool. So 
he gets he gets up out of the Sarlacc pit and then has <laughs> seems to be having a pretty rough time to say the least. Um, and Dude, this that guy's skin has to be made of leather at this point. Oh yeah, no joke. <laughs> um, so the thing that I found most interesting though, I've I've always kind of thought of Jawas as not like really that violent or mean or anything. But little assholes, little assholes. They're like, (laughs) they find like this dead dude. They start taking off his armor, which I would expect Jawas to scrap a dead dude. But then he wakes up and, uh, nope. Gets a rifle butt to the face. I mean, I guess they they just, and they just leave him to die. Right. They're like, ah, whatever. Yeah. We thought you were dead anyway. Terrible little bastards, man. But, well, that uh, makes me wonder. Is the, now you got to wonder about the armor, like because obviously Mando gets it off that sheriff on Tatooine. Did the sheriff buy it? He must have bought it from the Jawas, right? Oh yeah, I would assume so. Because that's you always wondered how that dude got Boba's armor. Yep. So, uh, pretty cool. I definitely think that kind of answers that question i mean because jawas are just trying to turn a profit so um, always and it doesn't fit them <laughs> uh drew has a great point jawas are savages that's why they should be dark side in the game just like gmp thinks they are <laughs> they're not <laughs> uh okay all right good call um <laughs> so yeah uh now as we kind of start going through this episode, um, do we want to talk about like separate timelines? So let, let's kind of, if we're going to talk yeah, let's, about, let's do the flashbacks and then we'll do the, uh, the okay. Time. Excellent. Um, that way we can kind of stay kind of where we're going. So, uh, there seemed to be more flashback in episode two than there was episode one. Episode one was a little bit more about current events. Um, and the flashbacks in episode one, of course, kind of go through him kind of going through all these pretty, pretty rough times, getting beat up, getting found by the Tuscans, getting basically dragged around by the Tuscans. Um, I'm not sure I ever entirely figured out what they wanted to do with him. Yeah, I don't know what their plan was. Kind of weird. They, I mean, obviously they had the, that Rodian already tied up. Now they've taken him. Like, what was the plan? Had to have a slave to dig up water balls? <laughs> that, that's the only thing that I could think of. Um... I mean, I think the smartest, the smartest move he made was when he tried to escape, not hitting that kid, which obviously is part of his character as well. Right. That he wouldn't do that, but he, he tried to escape the Rodian for whatever reason was like, Oh, if I tell on him, they won't keep me as a slave. I don't know. That was weird. Yeah. But Yeah. So he goes running off, and then we get one of the coolest things of Tuscans ever with that uh, the 
the skinnier uh, black cloaked Tuscan. Yes. That w- way later ends up. I want that him. guy in Swaga. Come on. I don't know what that person's name is. It's got to be some version of U and R and O and R somewhere. Of course. But holy crap, coolest Tuscan ever. Yes. Just a literal badass. Um, so you get to. She just beats him to in a duel easily. Which obviously I think impresses Boba because he winds up trying to get her to train him, which ends up happening. But yeah, so basically in the flashbacks, he's caught prisoner. He tries to escape. There's no, no, uh, no going because a he's being guarded by this weird space dog called a massive. And, Is that uh, what they're called? A massive. M a s f m a s s i f f is what they're called. This is the if you don't know for everyone out there, watch the episodes with the captions on. You will catch so much more than you would if they were off because it literally tells you who people are, who's making sounds, what the name of things are. It's it's pretty awesome. Nice trick. I'm I'm gonna have to do that next time because yeah, I I did not know uh, for several things you've mentioned that I did not know, which is I assume that's how you figured out. I like it. Um, Did. Um, yes so it's kind of also cool kind of seeing this other side of Boba because like you mentioned with the kid you have this this thing where Boba's kind of always been kind of a dark side aligned bounty hunter kind of but now we're kind of starting to see that maybe you know, there's something a little bit different or maybe just the trip to the Sarlacc pit changed him a little bit and necessarily just kind of having to survive. You kind of see more of his basic instincts, which are, you know, kind of more good, but it's also kind of a testament to like, nothing's really that good or bad. I mean, people are kind of both in different instances. Well, Um, well, think about being an orphan in the underworld of the galaxy and what he probably had to go through. Right. So his appreciation for kids and what they go through is probably a lot higher than most people. Yes. That's, that's a really good point. Um, and that's, the the reason that's important that he didn't hit him is because the first opening scene, when he wakes up after they bring him to the camp, a group of like six kids start beating him with sticks. Right. And it's like, all right, when he tries to escape, the kid is the only one that notices and chases him down, and he takes the stick from the kid, who he could easily yep. have hit him. Instead, he just, you know, throws the stick away and goes off running or what. No, he took the stick because that's what he used to fight. But he just yep. left the kid alone. Right. Anyways, he got caught, got beat up by the badass Tuscan, and uh, then it kind of, then it kind of goes back to present time, and when it comes back. The same kid is tasked to take him and the Rhodadian uh, slave, slave prisoner, excuse me, slave prisoner, whatever you want to call him, takes him out to the desert. When they get out there, they wound up at a, a moisture farm, and they're hitting, sitting behind some sand dunes while this group is raiding this moisture farmer's farm, basically beating him to a pulp and taking all his water. And yep. they take off. That's kind of important to know that he saw them on their bikes, you know, beating up innocent people right? Uh, for the next episode. But anyways, once they leave, this kid tells him in the Rodean to start digging. 
doesn't doesn't know what he's digging for. The Rodan finds this these weird black like water seed ball things that are apparently in the sand of Tatooine. So this is one of the questions I've always had in Star Wars. Like, how do these Tusken Raiders and these people in the desert, like, how do they survive? Why are there so many people in the desert that don't just randomly die? And this seems to answer that question. Um, you know, we've always heard about, you know, moisture farming and those, uh, but, you know, kind of realizing that there are these, like, water... I'm not even sure what you would call them, but oh god, um, big, just big deals messing the... with us. <laughs> Sorry. Nice, nice. Um, I, I believe they called them something in the show. I just cannot remember what it was. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember catching it. Uh, all I know is that they're all drinking from them every time you see them drinking water. So right. they're obviously very important to their survival. It's like a cactus that grows underground. Yeah, pretty much. Where it gets its water, who knows? A thousand years ago? Cactus can hold water for up to three months, I think. So apparently these things can hold it for thousands of years because I don't think it's any spoiler to say in the episode two, we find out that Tatooine was covered by oceans at one right. point. Which so are the, totally gone. And the Dune Sea actually does refer to not just a sea of sand but uh, something that actually used to be a sea that actually had water so that was just kind of pro- cool probably where these balls got came from right if i had to guess or at least the water you know and tatooine's a pretty good example of what global warming can do to a planet <laughs> well when you have <laughs> right? two suns that's true things can move twice that's, as fast that is true now um you know, there's all these intricate things, kind of like what I mentioned with the water and how these people survive and the Tuscans. It's great seeing, you know, this other side of the Tuscans, uh, them kind of getting to interact and kind of see how they live. And as we figure out in episode two, that there are kind of multiple tribes. Um, this particular tribe that we kind of get to know um you know seems to be they're all pretty primitive but also I'm not sure what the right word would be um cultured they all have their own like I don't yeah, know what the yeah the, the that's probably a fair way of putting it um it's just kind of cool. They all have their own traditions. They only tradition. Yes, they have. It's it's cool getting to see how the inner workings of their tribe work with their leaders and and that sort of stuff. Uh, kind of kind of compelling. Um, now, what did you think? Um, the I don't know what that thing was. Dude, At first, I, tried I thought I was wa- watching Mortal Kombat because it kind of looked like Goro. that was the first thing i thought whenever i saw this thing um but it was also like a minotaur also so it it like it had legs and arms and then like another set that was like legs and arms all i know is i don't want to come in contact with it no no no, that thing was intimidating as shit yeah yeah i'm not and it just comes out of the ground like 
Not only that, he was asleep, and the Rodan uncovered it and woke it up, just just chilling under the sand, not even like uncovered at all. Makes me wonder. Uh, By the way, that Rodan got what he deserved. <laughs> yeah, he was a dick. I, I don't. I didn't feel bad for him at all. Um, you earned it. When he got when he got the kid, then I started to worry. The Rodian, I was like, "Yeah, I'll just take care of him." Right, and, and I thought it was, um, you, you know, the way that he, the the Boba took it down and didn't take that opportunity to run, because you know we're uh, we're over there it, by that. Or go ahead. I was gonna say it would definitely have been distracted trying to get the kid after it stabbed him in the foot. It in the foot. So, yeah, and and the rope had been or the the chain had been separated at that point, I believe. So he could have just taken off. Well, no, he saw the chain on his foot, but I think it was separated from the other dude. No, like, no, I don't think so. I, I think the other dude had his legs separated, which so he could have ran off with a leg. <laughs> maybe, perhaps. Who knows? Maybe by the way, that half. That gone. Rodan was not did not seem as tall as as Greedo. I no, that, he, he, it seemed like a kid. That that's kind of what I thought too. Um, and maybe that was part of the reason why he was the way he was was you know just didn't know any better. Was threatened by the Tuscans and was like you know if I give them what they want, if I help them, maybe they'll let me go. I don't know. Didn't work out very well. Naive kid. Yeah. So. Obviously, uh, taking this thing down, which it seems like maybe has been a problem because they were very, very proud of that head bringing it back, uh, which kind of tells you this is probably something that has has been bothering them. And, you know, it allowed them to gain a little bit of respect for Boba and realize that you know, maybe he he actually is kind of useful and has some skills um, apart from just kind of being tied up. And I thought at first I was going to be disappointed because the kid brought the head into the camp and then everybody in the camp was like congratulating the kid like he did it. Right. I'm like, well, this isn't good. Then Boba's not going to get the credit. And then the like chief came up to Boba and gave him one of the 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 Water monster pods. dingle battle dingleberries yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the monster dingleberries to drink is like oh okay the chief knows he knows boba boba did it and protected the kid so yep that's cool and that's pretty much where the flashbacks end for episode 1 but hey, i'm telling you man i have always been a tuscan fan i like i always wanted to know more about them ever since the original movies just because i thought totally agree it was they were so cool. I mean, I remember back when the Star Wars collectible card game was out when I was in high school that I played. I had a Tuscan deck just because I thought Tuscans were so cool. It sucked. It was terrible. I never won with it, Shocking. but it was fun to play. <laughs> so yeah, it was. It was pretty awesome to see. I was excited when Mando did stuff with the Tuscans, which they did some awesome stuff. But this yes. is actual lore about inner workings of tuscan culture that's yeah that's not like just hey we're working with tuscans they're good guys blah 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 this is actually like this is how they operate so and pretty you know once we get to episode two that was by far um 
you, you know, some of the most compelling parts about the Tuscan is just the whole culture. The the culture of the kind... What is it called when you fight with, like, weapons like that? I cannot think of the name of it. Um, somebody in chat helped me out. Um, but, you know, their fighting style, uh, just kind of the inner workings of the relationships between them, getting to see the small Tuscans. I still... I could be convinced either way that they are either wearing a mask or they're half mechanical beings. Like you never see them without their their I, garb on. I finally figured out and everyone's going to make fun of me because they probably figured this out 10, 20, 30 years ago. What the sound they're making reminds me of. Okay. Goats. They sound like goats to me. Yeah, I can see that. Every time I, I, I it's just Today it popped, and now all I hear are goats. Yeah, so I, I definitely see that. Um, so by the way, when you said what fighting style that, the first thing that came to my head was Rochambeau, but that's definitely not it. No, it's not. <laughs> but can call it that. Nah. Um, no. Yeah. Very. It was interesting. Ah, okay. I'm. We'll talk more about it when episode two comes up because there's a lot more to go off on there with the flashbacks. So let's move to the the current time, right? Oh, are we gonna go? I assumed we'd go. Through oh, you want to do episode episodes. two or two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's keep going because I I, I kind of think like we're kind of already talking about the Tuscans rather than coming back to them. Kind of makes sense. Keep going, in my opinion. Let me take it off the rails for just one second. Though. Sure. I would really like to know what is going on with Boba that every time he exerts energy, he has to get into the back to tank. Every time he what? Exerts any type of energy, he has to get into the back to tank. Yes. Because why, that's meant to heal injuries and all this stuff. It seems like every time he's he's got anything going on, he's totally drained and has to get into the back to tank. Well... Joker, that is a good point, by the way. Yes. Um, possibly some long-term damage by the Sarlacc pit, which is totally, totally possible. Um, it could also be one of those situations like, you know how maybe you take some steroids to help heal up a muscle or something. Um, he's just has to be on the stuff all the time because of kind of like said all the injuries from the sarlacc pit and getting getting his ass kicked as much as he did you know getting dragged around like he did you know that's that's the other thing we see all this tough stuff he's kind of been through in in the time in between um you know with the tuscans and you know all of that that was that's pretty rough on the body so not not terribly surprised that he has to use the box as much as he does and richie in chat says what if the twist is he actually spent like four years in the sarlacc pit that's which that's I've, a good question which i've put some merit on because i noticed i i i noticed this when he crawled out of the sand but i immediately disregarded it saying well it can't be that rusted he just was in the just went into the sarlacc pit but the jabba's yacht when he crawls out is really rusted yeah 
I know. I was like, why is that thing so messed up if he just fell in there? So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, to I mean, to me, it seems a lot more quick. The question is, how long was he unconscious? Um, so he could only survive so long without food, water, that sort of stuff. But no. um, so the I kind of want to talk about the just the culture and some of the cool so so like the stuff with the weapon and the lizard and all of that aside from like the little side missions that Boba ends up going on you know to get the speeders and then to take down the train I, I something very important with the side mission to get the speeders you know where he went to get them he went back to the uh place where they it, it wasn't water. the moisture farm he went to Tashi Station. Oh, <laughs> you know, really? Luke liked to hang out with Biggs. The guy no and the girl, oh, the guy okay. and the girl in Tashi Station were actually characters from the original movie that were cut in the final cut. Characters created by George Lucas that were cut and were added into this episode as homage to the characters that were cut from the original movie at no Tashi joke. Station. And they were two people that were friends with Biggs and Luke that their scene from the movie got cut out. No joke. Yeah. I, I was reading about that today, and I'm like, that is freaking nuts. That That's really cool. I like that. I <laughs> I really like that. They keep doing these little, like, homages back to things from the you know the original trilogy that are just super cool i assume i assume that was the same place that they were at previously which was how he knew how to get back there but yeah um, i i I know what you're saying where the one they saw in episode one where they were looking over the hill right yeah very interesting crazy cool um so of course these side missions really i mean made a difference i mean if it wasn't for those we wouldn't have got to see as much as like the tuscan culture as we did and getting to see like the which is something that you know used to be kind of crucial in so many cultures that's kind of fallen away kind a little bit in our current culture is those god was the word i'm looking for um the rites of passage you know, the the thing that you kind of have to go through to kind of find your way and that monumental change. And Boba ended up going through that, kind of proving himself, getting to go on like that spiritual journey. And then they helped him create you know the the tool that will kind of carry him the rest of his life in a way like mm-hmm. I, the symbology kind of between all of those steps and stuff is really cool with so much of what we know about you know cultures that most of us are familiar with so i, I thought it was really cool getting to see that even the tuscans have that sort of stuff that is Dude. so crucial to them as a society 
after he went on his lizard spiritual journey, the second I saw him walking back with that big branch of that tree, yeah, I knew what it was for. Right. Yeah. And I did not. What I didn't see coming was the them, uh, the present. For the longest time, I'm like, why would he give him a lizard that, you know, why would he give him drugs as his present? But the present actually became uh, the journey and coming back and getting the freaking black right. robes and then building his own goffy stick. The same goffy stick that, the same goffy stick and uh, uniform or garb that he was wearing when you see him for the first time in Mandalorian, by the way. Right. So that is between that point in between that point in that episode like the past and where we finally see him again he he's wearing the tuscan garb and carrying that goffy stick whether or not he's still with them that entire time that's the look he's now got out of the uh mandalorian armor yeah and i think that's super cool and the thing is like you can tell from the episode in first, the first season where Finnick Sean's like left for dead and you see the feet walk up. Well, it's the same black, the same black uniform or, you know, clothing walking up to her on Tatooine that you, he gets in this episode. So yeah, definitely part of him for a long period of time. Yep. Um, so that was really cool and getting to see him actually build the weapon and all of that I thought was really cool seeing you know that they have these really cool ways of taking this metal and sharpening it and melding it together and uh, they seem to have some really nice chisels um, which is pretty cool they got nicer chisels than I've got Um, so I thought that was that all oh, like me as a construction type person. I thought that build was awesome. Things. Yeah, like yeah. just sitting there watching them build. I'm like, this is this is freaking awesome. I love it. My um, son, my I watched it twice today, and the second time my two boys watched with us, and my son turns to me and he goes, "Can we build one of those?" And I was like, "I wish. I don't have any of that cool stuff." Do it. But he's there. He figured out. To, you're right. I need to buy some uh, woodworking tools and just start going at it because that would be yeah. super fun. Yeah, he was super stoked. He was all about it. They, it was super. It was kind of cool. My so my sons, I haven't watched Star Wars with them yet, so they know a lot of the Star Wars characters. They don't know the story or anything like that. But them sitting there watching that, it was almost annoying because every two seconds was a question about what's happening. <laughs> like they just want to know everything, and I'm like, guys. I'm telling you, if you just watch the show, your question will be answered. And yeah. Once they finally did, they were loving it. So, heck yeah, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, this the other thing, right? The end of the episode. I don't know why it made me think of the Maori haka at the end. If you know, like the the haka yeah. dance of the Maori, mm-hmm. but the Tuscans dancing that, around that's the a fire really good comparison with with Boba. Basically, by the end of the episode, hey, you're full-blown part of yep. this tribe now. For sure. Which I thought was super cool. Yep. My kids, are they dancing? Is that a dance? What is that? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, very, very cool. Um, Tamura Morrison, 
Joker says Tamora Morrison is Maori. So, hey, if it's based on that, that's pretty cool. Very nice. Um, so the other thing was him teaching them how to ride the speeders. And it was cool, you know, kind of seeing that, you know, the Tuscans can, you know, learn to adapt technology and learn these new things. And, um, you know, ultimately he teaches them how to ride the speeders, jump speeder to speeder and that sort of stuff. So they can go take down the train that seems to be sniping them. Um, and this is uh, another thing that I think is kind of interesting where it really just kind of shows a good example of just completely two cultures that completely do not have bad intentions towards each other, but due to misunderstanding can end up in a war kind of. So you have the train and the Tuscans kind of fighting back and forth all this time. And all of it was kind of in a way a misunderstanding um, between them kind of protecting the spice they're running uh, versus the Tuscans who think that there's somebody just attacking them. So when they're able to take the train down and see the, uh, you know, kind of the leader of the thing, they let him go and, you know, that they kind of have to try and work a deal to be able to run spice through there or go somewhere else. Like I thought all of that was really, really cool. And at that point, you know, um, I, I assume mostly due to language, but they were kind of just letting Boba decide what, you know, whatever. That was kind of the turning point where he really kind of became one of them. The Tuscans trusted him. They weren't worried about him, you know, maybe negotiating a bad deal or anything like that. So that was kind of really his final rite of passage for being kind of, accepted and trusted by the tribe and almost like a leader in the way that he did it yes i I thought it was really cool also what he how it paid homage to the original movies um when boba told them that to march to anchor anchorhead i think it was called yes to march by anchor to anchorhead in a one in a single file line yeah kind of like uh Obi-Wan saying that Tuscans travel in a single file line yep. to hide, hide their, numbers. their numbers. Yep. Or but he's like, Well, we're gonna die out there. He's, oh, you're under the protection of the Tuscans. No yep. matter how many tribes are out there, we'll get the word out. Yep. No one's gonna attack you. Go. And, and probably I, the single file line would be what tells them right. across the tribes. That's hey, what I was about to get to next. That's that's probably a thing that they know, you know, if you are traveling in that single file line, like there, there is somebody something... told you to, right? Like you have insider knowledge and boy, they were excited about that water. Understandably. Um, it's like an endless flow of water rather than the little water, water pods. Um, so they, they were pretty, pretty pumped about that. Um, but yeah, that was all really <laughs> This cool. was my wife's and... commentary of the episode. That might be their first shower ever. 
That's a good point. I bet those guys stink. Sweaty, hot desert all the time. Not showering. That garb they got on all the time. Yeah. Um. So I'll be curious if we see uh, see the spice smugglers anymore. I suspect that we will. Um. I suspect that that is going to be one of the big things that ties in later in in the season with the huts and the spice running. From um, what I understand, there are ties to Solo. Uh, uh, Solo, the Star Wars story, with the Pike Syndicate and the, and the spice running. Um, could be... Uh, gosh, I can't remember. Red Sun, Black Sun... Whatever uh, man or Black mall Sun. was part of, yeah. So there's something got. Oh. There was some tie mm-hmm. to Solo, okay. but I don't know what it was like specifically. But the Pike Syndicate has something to do with it, right? But, um, yeah. So Boba but, helping to restore some respect on the Tuscan name by harboring deals and making sure that they respect their land. Like they like the ancestral claim line, you know, because they they've lived there for so long, and then you got this train that just flies through out of nowhere, shooting at them when they're not even bothering them, killing right. their kids, their banthas, them for yep. no reason whatsoever. And it's like, all right, we've had enough of that. You want to come through here? You're going to pay us, and if you don't, for every one of us you kill, there's going to be ten more of you that die. Yep. So. By the way, the train, the train heist, <laughs> black-robed badass Tuscan yeah. had the coolest parts. Like driving the speeder bike into the middle of the train and blowing it up while she jumped yep. off to get on top. Not to mention when she drops down into it, is running through it, just kill, beating everyone. The most hilarious part to me in that episode was when she pulls the one out of the hatch that was shooting yep. at them, I thought and then the same she just. Thing. She just pops her head out and looks at him like, oh, hey, guys. And then sees a blaster bolt go by her head. <laughs> I keep thinking it's her. I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. I keep thinking it's her. But anyways, sees the blaster bolt go by and was like, I'll be right back. And then you see the other two disappear. Yep. Yep. That, that was my favorite. That that Tuscan, awesome. I, I, I totally agree, 100%. I, uh, and it, when the train went by the first time and people got shot and Boba was carrying someone to the funeral pyre, like where they were burning the bodies... Yeah. I thought that was the badass Tuscan, and I was pissed. Turns out it wasn't. So thank goodness. But yeah, I nice. think she is female. Yeah, I I, th- I don't know why, but I think it's that it's a female Tuscan. I don't know why. Yeah. So, but yeah. All, so far, present day, flashback day. I love both of them. So I I totally agree. Um, I, I think. You know, so the current timeline is a little bit slower in kind of picking up, giving you a little bit more. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm not sure what the word is. It's just it's a slow burn in the the present, right? But the past, I think, has been super compelling, especially mm-hmm. episode two. Like I said, everything with the Tuscans I thought was great, um, but the uh, I, I'm definitely interested to see more about where the current 
timeline goes. Because now Boba is... Uh, what does he keep calling himself? I cannot remember. Who keep calling themselves? Daimyo? Boba. Daimyo? The Daimyo? Yeah. So, something like that. I, I can't remember exactly how you pronounce it. It's, closed captioning, it's spelled D-A-I-M-Y-O. So Daimyo, something like that. Okay. Um, so, effectively, Boba is now running the... You know the Jabba's uh, Jabba's Jabba's operation, yes, mm-hmm. and um, first so first first vision you get of this from Episode One is him sitting on Jabba's throne, uh, completely uninterested in doing the whole tribute thing. It's like, hey, I'm the new Daimyo, y'all better come over here, pay me some tributes. Right, so they have this Aqualish dude that shows up. He gives them—I forget what he gives them. Uh, he he shows up, whatever. And then this Trando Shan shows up with a like—it looked like a Wookiee pelt to me, but it was a guy that used to hire Boba when he was a bounty hunter that is now paying tribute to right. Boba Fett as the Daimyo. When, when he started talking at first, I thought it was going to be Bosk. Oh man, that would be interesting. Because they would probably be hugging and he would be standing on the other side of Finnick. Because in yeah. Bosk, in the Clone Wars cartoon, Bosk was like the father figure to him when uh, he was a kid. Interesting. So, that so I haven't got that backstory yet. Need to get to watching those. But when we started talking about somebody used to work for us, like, those two are pretty familiar with each other. But Right? Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And it, it appears... Mm, May have not been the biggest fan of his old boss either. Well, I love the the line, even when a Trandoshin pays you a compliment, it sounds like a threat, because what he said <laughs> what he said totally sounded like a threat. I yes. hope you never leave here. Yep. Do you want me to die here? Like yeah. what, what are you trying to say, dude? <laughs> oh, and that, and awesome. so those are the first two. And then the third one is supposed to be the mayor of Mos Espa, the closest town to Jabba's palace and ends up it's a dude that shows up that's like he's basically the Bib Fortuna to the mayor as Bib Fortuna was to Django. So this dude shows up and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry he couldn't be here. I'm sorry I didn't bring anything." You know, and then right they're like, "Well, tell him, you know, we need our tribute or whatever." And then he's he just Trying his best not right. to offend them, but like be like, "Oh, actually, we need a tribute from you," to which uh, they didn't take that too kindly. Ended up telling no. him that their tribute was him leaving with his life. By the way, important thing here: Finnick would kill everyone if she had the chance. Master Assassin totally she's, wants to kill everyone. She's a fan of taking people out. That is a hundred percent true. Because, uh, you know. Later in episode two, you know, Boba specifically has to mention, bring him alive. And then she still intentionally kills one of them and only brings one, which probably could have brought two. Like, yeah, Finnick, Finnick is there to kill some people. Like, that is her thing. Yeah. So, anyways, he ends up leaving their tribute to the, to the, the mayors that he's allowed to leave without killing him. So, anyways, I, I wrote down right here, I'm like, 
<laughs> Look out for the mayor. He's a problem. Um, and then the last one, they bring in my favorite part. Absolute favorite. Two Gamorians. Yeah. Let me just say, first off, two Gamorians that were completely and utterly uh, loyal to Boba and Bib Fortuna. Yes. And he says, if you, if I spare your lives, will you be loyal to me? To which Finnick is like, we need to kill them. Along with the droids, like, if you don't kill them, you're showing weakness, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Well, Boba's like, will you be loyal to me if I spare your life? And then they bend their knee. And then from the ne- for the next two episodes, they're in yep. the back everywhere he goes. And let me just say this. My... Every Gamorrean guard you've ever seen before now, fat, slow, weird, like just doesn't look like they could do anything. And every time you watch them fight in well, this show. Well, these guys have probably been a little starved. Yeah, yeah like, they must have. Because they, they look skinny and buff. And they are right. fighting like I would never have imagined Gamorreans to fight. So my favorite line, it was regarding them when they went to um trying to blank on the name you'll remember it you wrote it down say again uh the the place they went to the pat not the palace um the uh, cantina yeah the cantina place had a specific like, name i can't remember its the name, name is hold on one second so um when they go in Garza's there, like, sanctuary. Garza sanctuary. It's sanctuary. Yes. Um, while they're there, and she asks, "Would you? Would you like your more Gamorian guards uh, washed spray, and sprayed yeah, down, spray down and, and fed?" Yeah, I was like, "That's awesome!" It's kind of like it's like when Just you pets. go to like a valet, and they're like, "Do you want us to wash and fill up your car too?" You know, it's just. I thought that was really, really funny. I, I love that My part. favorite part is that the Gamorreans don't get offended. They're just standing there like... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They, <laughs> this they just happens care. everywhere. Yeah. Um, By the way, I asked Wink this before we started. I pro- That was probably a mistake because I kind of thought he knew, but he actually didn't. Um, I don't know her name. If you'd know it in chat, I should have looked it up to know not before know this. this. The... I'm guessing it's Garza. Anyways, the the main Twi'lek that runs Garza Sanctuary mm-hmm. is played by Jessica Beale, and you look at her and you look, you think she looks familiar, but then you find out it's Jessica Beale, and you're like, that's why she looks so good. And mm. I know that you know Wink has a thing for Twi'lek, so Ooh, I do. Yes. It being Jessica Beale, that's like the ultimate Twi'lek for. Uh, I Wink mean. Here. That that's that's almost more compelling than being blue. So I was about to say she's um, not blue. That's the if that's the one thing that, that could have just okay. made it that's perfect a, for him. No but. doubt. That's a, that's all right. Uh, always down for a sexy Twilight. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so once uh, Boba finishes getting his Gamorrean guards and everybody come pay tribute and all that stuff. We get him kind of going out and, of course, kind of the scene we kind of mentioned where he goes to the sanctuary, has a pretty quick conversation there. Gets um, a helmet full of coins. 
Yeah, it gets paid. Another tribute. Yeah. And as soon as they walk out, um, you know, something else, as they were moving in, the... And later on, we get an idea of exactly what she was talking about. But Finnick was talking about how important it is that you get carried in. That there is this kind of tradition and this threat. And, you know, it's kind of like... You've seen the movie Gladiator. Where, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Caesar always comes in on, you know, a carriage or being carried. You know, all the... Anyone with any power is always kind of being carried to and catered in that way. And it's just, it is, it's a way to show power. It's like, I have the power to not even walk because other people can walk for me. And very Egyptian empire. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so it's almost kind of like in these two episodes, on this planet, there is these evolutions of kind of even human history that we kind of know about. Um, you know, just the different types of civilizations, traditions that you start seeing that the more advanced they get, the more they kind of start picking up, which I think is kind of cool. Um, but that actually became really important because they walk out of the sanctuary and immediately get attacked. Not by... only that, not only that, they're al- they seem to be alone. It's just Finnick and Boba, surrounded by these like, I, it's like a uh, electric fence shield. Basically, you touch it, you're gonna get shocked, and then they got the shock sticks and they form the circle around Boba and Finnick and basically get them trapped. And at one point, Finnick tries to jump up off of Boba to get over them, and it doesn't work. So they're, like, basically trying to fight off these this, this circle of assassins that have them fenced in, and they are not doing anything that's working. They're basically... They got... They're seconds from being overwhelmed, basically. Right. And the only reason I I, I paint that picture is because... Here comes the two Gamorrean guards. Of course. That he saved just screw fucking up the program, yep. basically. I, I didn't know how else to say that. They 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 screwed up those assassins' ideas because the second the Gamorreans got there and started smacking them around from behind, the wall broke and then all hell broke loose for all of them to uh take over them. So Yep. Um and I thought it was really cool the weapons they had. Have we seen anything like that in Star Wars? Like the, I mean, I guess maybe um, the shield generators from uh, the Phantom Menace, perhaps. Uh, that's probably the closest thing that we've seen to these type of shields. Um, so that was kind of a cool new. I, I Star feel like Wars the shields pack. that the uh, didn't the the. God, what is Jar Jar? What is his race? Gungan. Gungan. Didn't the Gungans carry shields like yes. that? And then they had. Yeah. Ju- is that what you were talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not not the like big big generator things by the elephants or whatever, but the things that they they the carried little... with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, kind of kind of cool to 
see that. Drew mentions that Mando's had many shields also. Um I don't I don't remember that. I really want to rewatch Mando season one and two because there's so many little snippets that you just forget. You yes. Know? True. So but I love it. I love all that little, all the little things. Like I've, I watched, I, I watched episode one and episode two twice today because they were just that good. Yeah, I thought they were that good. I just like watch the watching them and looking for the the little because that's the thing with Star Wars, right? There's always something to catch that you might not have caught caught the first that time. you will miss. Yes, exactly. So right. super super cool. Um, but yeah. So anyways. They are well, the two the two Gamorians, which I wish had names. Maybe we'll get their names eventually. But the two Gamorians, Finnick and Boba, fight off these assassins, and then they go for the run. They go for a run. They're like, "All right, we're beat. Let's I, get out of here." Boba's like, "Nah, that I one." Love. You're not going anywhere. That dude. Yes. Puts his arm up, just shoots the rocket, and just yeah, obliterates awesome. him off the side of that ball. Two left, and Finnick's like. Finnick goes to the chase immediately. Master Assassin just, I know what I'm doing. And Had a Boba, fun little rooftop kind of parkour scene chase. Well, you the, know, Boba had to tell her, alive, bring me back dead. what? Someone alive. alive. So, and, and, of course, she kills one of them. She just cannot resist. Out of nowhere. Um, she had them both yeah. like, dead to rights, and she's just like, Kick the one off the roof, and yep. you're coming with me. I thought that was hilarious because you knew it was coming. She had been waiting to kill someone for she's just an entire itching. episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the they get back, start questioning. Uh, I I love the rancor trick to get him to tell him something, but dude. Um, I laughed so hard. I'm like, they still have a rancor? What? Yeah. The I door opens. I was sitting there thinking, yeah, bring on the rancor. And then the door starts opening. No rancor. <laughs> well, that's like told my wife. I'm like, when the, he got kicked down there, because I'd watched it before she got home. And then I watched it when she got home. And I'm like, you remember the rancor? And she's like, oh, yeah, I remember the rancor. Yeah. And then the door opens and it was missing. And I said, do you also remember that Luke killed the rancor? <laughs> Yep. And she's like, I wanted to see a Rancor. Yep. Everybody wanted to see a Rancor. Like, of course, um, everyone wanted that. Uh, so. So that's how they get who sent the uh, assassins because the assassin would never talk. By the way, assassin from the Order of the Nightwind, which apparently is this very big assassin group with a very big name who Finnick apparently isn't very impressed by, says they're wor- they cost more than they're worth. But, and they never talk. But the second he's drops into this rancor pit where there's no rancor, tells him that the mayor, mayor, the mayor is the one that sent him or them to kill Boba. Which but was weird because. Actually, lies. Yeah, that's the weirdest part. Like, I mean, did he, did they ask earlier before they dropped him down there if the mayor sent, mayor sent him? Because it, I don't remember them mentioning the mayor. So, like, why was the mayor mentioned? Well, probably because they knew that there was an issue with the mayor. With the mayor? So, with the guy that came in offering, not offering anything. um, You know, I think there is, there's certainly something going on, possibly. 
with the mayor who we ended up meeting. Um, there's something going on there. I'm not sure what. But I don't buy the story that it seems like. That it, that it is all the Hut twins. Um, I, the mayor has to have, had to have had some kind of deal going on with Jabba and Bib that right. he didn't think he was going to get from Boba. And obviously when the twin huts showed up, he thought he would get it from them, which is why knowing he wouldn't get it from Boba, that's why he's like on their right. side or something. I don't know. And almost kind of like Joker says, playing both sides here so that no matter who ends up ahead, the mayor can still have some favor. By the way, everyone Either seems way. to think that that just because he's a bounty hunter, he's he has no business being a crime lord. Seems perfect. By the way, it made me laugh when he's let, when the mayor was like, "And you killed your boss," and Boba's like, "I never worked for Bib Fortuna." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "No, I didn't work for that weasel. Yeah, I worked for Jabba. I had a little respect for Jabba. That get that dude." No. Um. Now let's see. Um. So after the mayor, he heads back to the sanctuary because because the mayor basically says yes. you should probably go to Ur- Ur- Garza's sanctuary to find I'm out what I'm talking about. Yep. It's a lot easier. It's a lot harder to run a family than it is something I I don't remember the exact quote but he's basically it's a lot harder to run a family than it is to run this whatever right and so SD Joe thank you for the gift sub um very nice but yeah he's he's like go back to Garza so he shows up there and Jessica Beale Twi'lek is like oh yeah I thought it was kind of disrespectful I guess this is the daimyo you should probably go to a table and kick someone out of it for him. But she's like, yeah, if you go to the bar, I can ask around and make sure we can get you a table. Right. To which Boba's just like, what the hell's going on here? Right. You can tell something has changed. Um, You know, between when he was there last and, and now, whether it was the ninjas going... Going and ruffling some feathers, or if the the twins had already come. Either way, we do kind of see that there is obviously some pressure kind of going on between who has a little bit of the power here. And um, whenever we... Well, I, I mean, damn near the next scene, uh, you hear the drums... And by the, the way, re- don't mean it. Well, I do mean to interrupt, but I know where you're going to keep going and I need to stop for this. Sure. Boba refuses to get on a litter. Boba refuses for all the pomp and circumstance. He's like, I am who I am and people are going to respect that or they're not. And if they want to get in my face, I'll show people who I am. He refuses right. to get on the litter. When he walks into that cantina, nothing changes. Both times he's walked into there, nothing ha- yep. changed. These second people hear the drums, 
for the litter that's happening outside, the music stops, stops. Everyone looks out the door. Everyone out on the street stops. They're all looking like pomp and circumstance is ruling Tatooine. That is what they are used to. They are not used to the Boba Fett way of things. So, so Finnick is correct in that way, in that the the twins don't seem particularly bothered. So the the female twin who wants Boba executed, um, her brother disagrees, and that is kind of why I think because it does seem like there is a considerable difference between the opinion of them of everybody in the city where, um. The twins are are feared and respected, and Boba is not, despite his title. It doesn't seem to make much of a difference. Um, no. So, so you know, Boba's gonna have his work cut out effectively to to kind of get the same respect that the twins currently have in the city despite not having in, you know the I have a feeling that title any hut shows up on a litter and they're getting that respect yes because the people true. in tad in mosespa fear the huts and, and even if it's not the hut that they fear it's the people that work for the huts that will do what the huts ask them to speaking of those who work for the huts oh boy the wookie dude I did not know this when I watched it, but now that I know it and I remember him from what I've read, amazing. So a Wookiee with black fur, giant shoulder pads, giant gun comes walking out. Basically the enforcer for these yeah. twin, twin huts. Baller. And by the way, I don't remember exactly what Boba said, but Boba knows this dude because he said... I am not a half-asleep Trandoshan guard on Dur, so I'm not afraid of you. Boba knows who this dude is. and It seems it, like there's some history there. And it makes sense to me because once I found out who he was, okay. there's got to be some crossover there because his name is Black Curason, and he's a bounty hunter who shows up in the Darth Vader and uh, Dr. Aphra comic books. And I know I've seen him oh, in the Darth Vader comic books. So I didn't realize that it was him when I saw him, but it makes total sense. He's a bounty hunter. Boba knows who he is. Right. And that's why that that, that comment about Ondor and not being a, a sleep, half-asleep guard makes sense to me. Boba's looking at him like, Listen, I know your story, and I'm not afraid of you. So, that is almost immediately setting up what we fully expect to be a pretty awesome fight scene at some point this season. By the way, my kids, um, I had to correct them over and over. Uh, they were like, it's Chewbacca's brother! <laughs> I told my no. wife, I'm like, that that's like... That's like you calling any other white person your cousin. <laughs> like, that makes no sense. But my kids were just so excited. They're like, oh, it's yep. Chewbacca's brother. I'm like, this is a bad dude. He is not 
friends with Chewbacca. Okay, guys, he's the same species. Not no and relation. He doesn't seem real friendly. Like he is a there to do business type guy. Very serious. Um, and I am so excited to see more of this guy. Like, no, he is huge too. I there mean, is going to be a fight with Black Kirsten. Yeah, and I'm I'm pumped. I am Santan? all here for it. Sorry, I keep saying his name. I don't know how to say it. Curse, curse Santan. Curse Santan. It's K R R S A N T A N. Black Kirsantan. Kirsantan. Yeah. Whatever his name is, Kersentan. he looked awesome when they introduced him. Yep. Totally agree. So. Um, I also I thought it was hilarious when they're like, "We own, we own this territory by." Java's right, and then they open the tablet. He's like, "I don't right. care what's on your tablet. Uh, this is yep. mine." <laughs> yep, no doubt. And Who, no one here you. honors that. This is a fucking. Yep. This is a crime syndicate. We're gonna go to court over who owns the crime syndicate. That ain't happening. right. Right. So I'm curious to see where this, uh, you know, thing between Boba and the twins ends up leading because. The Huts are not the most friendly characters out there. So, um, it's so yeah, crazy. I, I love it because if you only watch the movies, you, you're like Jabba the Hutt. That's what that's what you get. But there's so much story outside of that with the Clone Wars, with the Huts, with High Republic. Even if you read the comic books for High Republic, the Jedi and the Huts fight the Dringer, which is a huge thing, massive thing. Why would the Jedi work with huts like uh, you've got in the Clone Wars you've got several huts and stories with huts you've got Jabba now you've got these twins like the hut cartel is massive in the galaxy I mean even the I feel like such a nerd at this point because I know so much about the High Republic because even the the Nihil which are the main bad guys in the High Republic even they respect the huts like the Huts yeah. over thousands of years have been this massive thing. And it's so cool in actual visual form to get more Huts. Right? Also, by the way, back to the kids. What are those snail people? <laughs> snail people? The two Huts? They thought they looked like snails? Who did? My kids. Oh, <laughs> slugs! I could see. Yeah, I, I. They probably think slugs and snails are the same thing. I don't know. Oh, fair. But they just yeah. said it. And I'm like, those are huts. They're mean. Yep. Don't worry yep. about it. We're not a fan. Um. Yeah. So, and, and that pretty much kind of finishes off where that episode goes to. Um. Was there anything else that kind of really stuck out to you as far as interesting in either of these timelines or episodes? They're more Easter eggs than interesting things. First okay. one is yep. this. The yep. Max Rebo band. Yep. That, Love seeing that, it back blue, together. The, yes, Getting the, the band back together. The band is back together. And someone said it in chat and it's exactly what I thought. How did Max Rebo survive the yacht crash? To go back to Mos Espa and be like, let's let's run it back, fellas. Well, was he actually there or was he just in the palace? Well, he was in 
the palace. And I'm pretty sure that he was playing on the cantina or on the barge. Oh, I keep calling it a yacht. It really? was a barge. That's what the word was that I've been missing this entire time. But anyways, on Jabba's barge, sail barge, he was there. And then he was on the, uh, or he was in the palace. Okay. So. Interesting. How did he survive? Who knows? But he's right there or in Darza Sanction. Yeah. Maybe he's it's his son. brother. Yeah, or yes. son. Yeah, one of the two. So. Um, I thought this was really, really cool. Okay. I have, you've been to Disneyland or Disney world before, right? It's been a long time. Long time is good though, because the new star tours has, um, C3PO as the one that drives the star tours ship. But back in the day when star tours came out, there was a droid called Rex that flew around the star tours. And Rex, when they upgraded Star Tours and it was R2-D2 and C-3PO instead of Rex driving Star Tours, Rex got thrown into a warehouse somewhere and he was just history for Star Tours. And then um, Batu came out with Galaxy's Edge and they brought Rex out of retirement and he's suddenly the DJ inside of Oga's Cantina in Batu. So now you've got this droid that's in Ogus Cantina, which which Batu is part of actual Star Wars canon, which makes Rex part of actual Star Wars canon. Uh which is in Florida, which is in California? Disney World's in Florida, Land okay. is in California. But gotcha. both of them okay. both of them have Galaxy's Edge and both have Rex inside of Ogus Cantina in their respective ones. Gotcha. But when you see Garza Sanctuary, there's a droid dealing cards in Garza Sanctuary that is the exact same type of droid as Rex from the original Star Tours when it opened at Disneyland and Disney World. Interesting. So, well, hold up. I got something. I got it right here, actually. I've got the DJ Rex um, freaking nice. Funko Pop, which is a Very nice. Disney World exclusive. Super stoked to have oh, it. But anyways, cool. DJ Rex right here, that's what the droid looked like. It was the one handing out. Uh, it was dealing cards in Garza's Cantina, so that was pretty freaking cool. We're, we're talking about going to Disney World later this year um, because... I know. Didn't Fulton we say females. we were giving me the the deets and we'd all go? The yeah. actual freaking um, hangout party that we deserved, like originally was going to be your wedding. Hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, we are. Uh, Let me keep looking. Kinda... I got other stuff. Um. So let me get my phone because I wrote I took a picture of this to talk about and people have mentioned it in chat several times so i feel like it should be mentioned but there is a theory out there about who the tuscan raiders from the flashbacks leader is okay have you ever heard of darth crate i have not familiar though so let me read this little snippet and I did not get the name of the place. I think it was from, what is this? Screen Rant is where I got this from. If the 
Is the Tusken Raider leader secretly Dark Darth Crate? There has been some speculation that the Tusken leader bears a resemblance to Asherod Het, a Force-sensitive human raised by Tuskens who grew up to become a powerful Jedi Master and later a dreaded Dark Lord of the Sith who ruled a new galactic empire more than a century after the fall of Emperor Palpatine. Crate appeared in a wide range of Star Wars tie-in media in the 90s and 2000s, but is no longer canon by Disney standards. While the Disney-era TV shows have pulled in other elements from the Legends canon, such as Dark Troopers, there's really no evidence that any of the Tuskens in the Book of Boba Fett have anything to do with Het Crate for now. It seems like wishful thinking at best. Darth Crate is a human that gets pulled into Tusken, um, the Tusken tribe and ends up becoming one of them and a powerful one inside of the Tuskens, who is also formerly a Jedi and a Dark Lord of the Sith. Interesting. So just a tidbit, snack, snippet, just to think about with that, because a Dark a Jedi, Dark Lord of the Sith, both with ties to the Tusken, and people are like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they brought him back to canon? So, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that is wishful thinking by Darth Crate fans, but it is an interesting proposition. Very cool. I, I would love to see more tie-ins, and I'm sure we will. It, it does seem like a lot of these like old legends or things that aren't actually canon characters or whatever, they are starting to move them in and make them canon, which I think is actually pretty cool. Um so, who knows? We'll see. I just think it's really... Man, I just really enjoyed the first two episodes in the Easter Eggs, Tashi Station, Black Kersitan, um Max Rebo, the, bringing yeah. Rex as an actual droid that exists in the Star Wars universe, even before DJ Rex. and There's yep. just so many cool things going on. And it was the same with Mando, right? They did all yeah. the stuff. The freaking ice cream machine from uh, Bespin that they've... They were like, no, that's that's a thing that holds, uh, holds stuff. Or whatever it was. It, it, he was holding Beskar metal in Mando. But just they, they just keep thinking these things oh, that you are yeah, curious yeah. about in Star Wars and giving you answers to. Secure lockbox. Yes, exactly. There you go. I don't know, man. There, I'm looking forward to a talking about the next couple episodes because we'll probably go back to uh, probably go back to Swaga next week. Plenty of stuff to talk about. Well, at least personally what? for me and you in there. Hopefully, they start releasing some actual information. Week? Oh yeah, Aren't you... good point. Um, if we do it, let me. I'll have to get back to you. I think I can do it early. I might have to do it like Wednesday or Thursday, but I could do next week. I won't be able I to do that. I always prefer that. So yeah, so yes. I won't be able to do it the week after that. But gotcha. I will be able to do it next week, just early. So Okay, sounds good. We will figure that out and let everybody know. But I uh, next couple of Boba Fett episodes, I might be watching on a cruise ship and in the Caribbean, so... <laughs> Hell yeah, sounds fun. I'm okay with that. Give me that. Give me that cool weather. Or cool. Give me that warm weather. Yeah, that's still cool. So 
That does sound nice. Sitting on a beach it's... drinking Mai Tais. Let's go. Mm, yeah, jelly. Um, it's been cold here, so yeah, that sounds nice. Um, it got to 40 yesterday. 40. Holy smokes. I only say that to like, make everyone out there that's like, yeah. it was negative 20 today, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Not not fun. <laughs> not fun. Um, Stoic gesture. Right, so, More talk about how bad Matthew Stafford is. This is not that podcast. We got to give people what they want. We really don't, though. Hmm. Here's the thing. If we ever do a football podcast, we're bringing the elephant in the room on it so there can be at least some form of non-biasm. Biasm? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't think the elephant in the room would defend Matt Trashard, but that's all right. Um, he definitely so, wouldn't de- uh, def- <laughs> you definitely wouldn't defend Aaron Rodgers either. So that's a thing. He's a Washington um, Redskins I, fan. So he doesn't know what a good quarterback is. That is not a team, sir. That is offensive. He doesn't know what it... But we cannot talk about what Washington football team's name is going to become on the 2nd of February. That is not what this podcast is. Anyway, you Wait, heard about that, right? Coming? No. Their announcement is coming on two two twenty two of what the football team's actual name is going to be going forward. Interesting. Right? I think they should just... I th- they should either go back to the Redskins or they should stay the Washington football team. I think they're going to become the commanders. That is the prevailing theory. The Washington commanders. That's trash. <laughs> I want the hogs. Hail hogs, man. Washington hogs. Mm. Let's go. Anyways, not a football podcast, so we're going to move on. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Shattered Order Podcast. Chosen Ones. Um, episode 275. We are 75% of the way to 300 episodes, people. Get excited. There's only 25 weeks left, probably, till we hit 300. So somewhere in the midsummer, we should be throwing a 300-episode party. Let's freaking Woof. go. Um, so, yeah, it's been fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for all of your support and all of your... Uh, you know, honestly, thank you for everyone that shows up in the Discord, discord.me slash shattered order. Small plug. Absolutely. That are there all week just chatting about anything and everything with us. I love going in there, checking what's going on, posting my my one-point losses in Grand Arena just so people can tell me Ooh. how bad that sucks. Not that I don't know already, but at least people can commiserate with me. Um, should have undersized at least one more match and I would have been fine. Why did I go in with four people with Slicker instead of three? I would have won. Stupid. Um, what? But yeah. Who did you take Slicker in against? Uh, I can't even remember. No. It was someone where I was like, I just need to win this because every- I won everything on the first try. By the way, so this is for everyone that listens to Let's be honest. Everyone that listens to our Swugga podcast listens to this. I one-shot everything on their team. Okay. They one-shot everything on my team except for one thing. Do you have one? Do you have any guesses of what that one thing was? Ewoks? My newly modded bounty hunter team. 
Ooh. Hey, it took him two chances to get through it. Nice. But guess what? Two chances on that, even though I went Did through everything going one shot. What's that? Did you Omni Zam? Yeah, I Omni Zam. That's why we uh, okay. remodded yeah. my Zam last week. That, so that's that's what I thought. So yeah, hey, hell yeah, that's awesome. First first uh, first matchup with the uh, the brand new brand newly modded Zam went that's very good. well. So I like it. No. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back next week, hopefully early in the week. And so if you're listening to this. Uh, realize that it will be not on a Friday because I should be on a plane to Puerto Rico at that point. Ooh, but um, we will be doing it earlier in the week, so look out for that. The announcement will be on the Discord. Um, so Indeed, anyway, it will. Thank you, everybody, for watching. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you have anything, anything to say about our thoughts on the first two episodes of the Book of Boba. Go ahead over to our Discord and hit up the Book of Boba chat or the podcast feedback chat and let us know what you thought about everything we had to say. If I missed some Easter eggs, I love Easter eggs, so please tell me what I missed because those are super fun. Wink, do you have anything else that you want to tell the people before we go? Not really. I think I pretty much spit it all out during the the pod, man. (laughs) <laughs> all right well sounds good thank you everybody for listening we will be back next week with episode 276 until then uh maybe the force be with you later